The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. The wages are assembled. I'm actually holding wages in my hand. Thank you, guys. And just like and just like the movie we had, every single person who's been on the wages of cinema is here in this room right now. Well, yes. not quite. <laughs> I should have actually gotten uh, Romney and uh, a couple other people to, to come in. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll uh, ask all the former guests to say what they thought of the movie. Okay. Um, but anyway, welcome to the wages of cinema. We'll count off our uh, the wages who have assembled. I'm Jack. And I'm Andrew, back again, the Andrew fans. He has been unfrozen from his uh, stasis of... Yeah, I didn't want to mention that I was getting frozen, but, you know, the cat's out of the bag right now, so... It's okay. Carbonite shoots you. I'm kind of like this show's Bucky. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that April of 2018 agrees with you. You know, it might be very different from... My psychotic episodes and murderous rampages <laughs> have subsided. And uh, also... Matt the Catania is go! Matt the Catania, and of course, Corey. Wifely duties Corey. Yeah. Wifely duties Corey. I don't have a good nickname, unfortunately. Um, I like Wifely duties as a nickname. I'm fine sticking with that. Enough of you. All, All right. right. Very good. So this movie... Um, what did you guys think? <laughs> that silence says volumes, I think. I'll just start. I I like this movie. I have issues with it. I am I'm just kind of overwhelmed by the experience of of, of the 3-hour movie that I just saw. It was more like two and a half hours, but I think I know what you mean. Yeah. And then, and part of it was I also spent half of it with an intense pressure in my bladder. So oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you should have just gone to the bathroom. No, I can't do that. Wait, you should have gone before the movie started. Yes. Hey, if I could go back in time. Ah, <laughs> we'll get to that for sure. Just like um, Cher said. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, I actually I have kind of a um, a startling revelation of my own before we get into the uh, revelations of the movie. You haven't seen a Marvel film before. <laughs> everything's been a sham when i've been there in the theater with you guys i've actually been on my home planet of jackton <laughs> um i this was actually my second time seeing the movie you bastard <laughs> yeah you dastard. i i you made us wait till sunday <laughs> it was, wasn't all because no i was the problem was i was there were some friends that I was seeing last night who you have had no seen other the movie. friends but us. <laughs> I agree with Matt. Yeah, no, but I knew that they were gonna have seen the movie and talk about it, and I knew if I didn't see it, I would be spoiled. So I wanted to keep that information from from you guys before we saw this movie. He shot on Thursday. You know what I have to say about this movie? Okay, they did a decent job giving everybody something to do in this film. It doesn't seem like anyone's was was left out. Not quite. No, I, I guess everybody was doing something. Because this is huge. Yeah. It's I, like it's too much. Though. I've got I've got to be like I I have to think back to like ten years ago, back when like it was a t about ten years ago that Iron Man came out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like 
back when that came out, Marvel said, oh, we're planning to do some more stuff. And uh, Avengers is projected for a few years from now. Yeah. And there were people like, they'll never get to Avengers. Oh, this yeah. This will never happen. Yeah. And now we've like we've had this is our third Avengers movie and we've had everything in between. Things have happened between then and now that it's, we thought were impossible. It's the nineteenth Marvel movie in ten years. That's yeah. insane. It's an average of two movies a year. And in a few months we're gonna have the twentieth Marvel movie in ten years. Which oh I gotta get to that. Uh, I don't know if I should get to that later, but that's that almost feels like Marvel's trolling us. Uh. <laughs> It's like, hey, you really liked the super dark and depressing comic book movie? Here's a movie where Ant-Man throws a kitty at the kitty dispenser. Yes. Exactly. That was yeah. awesome, that scene, by the way. So I'm so there for Hello Kitty Pets. Yeah. So, Matt, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I felt that there was a lot of stuff going on, but at the same time, I really didn't feel invested that much in it. I felt like it was a lot of, like, you know... A lot of stuff leading up to things that are not going to really matter to you. Know, yes. Surprisingly, yes. yeah, yes. I didn't feel that invested no. either. Uh, I mean, it's hard. Like, we should almost make this like an entire spoiler review because it's hard to talk about most of the movie without doing that. You want to do that? Yeah. Okay. So this is going to be an all spoiler review. So from this point onward. You will hear spoilers, and when we say spoilers, we are not messing around. We are talking about, like... Infinite spoilers! <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be talking about the ending in detail, yeah. probably throughout the entire review. Yeah, you, you almost can't help that. Uh, so, again, it's, it's, it's a pretty popular movie. I'm sure that a lot of you probably have seen it by the time you're coming to this. So, so. so wait a minute, we're in spoiler territory now? Uh, I mean, do you generally want to say just to the audience what, like, if you liked it or not before we go forward? I liked it, but I'm probably not gonna. I'm probably like I had to see it again sometime because th there was so much stuff in there. I feel almost overwhelmed. Yeah. Despite the fact that it, deep down in my heart, I didn't feel too invested. In well, it. yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. That's but what, um, what I will say is, it is really exciting to see all, everybody up on screen. It is. I just wish things mattered more based on knowing how things are not quite going to stick steak-wise. Right. Um, but I still liked it. I mean, it's an enjoyable... If you are looking, just again, for all your characters, most of them getting really strong moments. You yeah. Know, there is some good humor here, especially with the Guardians of the Galaxy characters. Yeah. Yeah, my kind of bullet point review is I wish this had just been a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Because yeah. my feeling was everything involving the Guardians interact, awesome. Everything else about this movie, pretty much, meh. And the ending completely fell flat for me because I know it's going to be undone immediately. Yes. Without saying what the ending is, I, I kind of agree with that. Well, <laughs> we're in spoiler territory, All right, so, so we can talk about yeah, the so, Yeah, so if you don't want to listen to more, just pause here.
Okay, let's go on. Red Skull is back! Woo! Yeah! High five! You High know five what again! You yes! You we know got what? it! <laughs> you know the what man I is still alive! You know still what I love being? Still skull. You know what I loved being in this movie theater? Was seeing you audibly <laughs> gasp. <laughs> I almost never see that the from you. one time. When I was completely invested, and when I was and when I was totally surprised, was when Red Skull shows up right in the middle but, of the film, and it's like, what? But what I love though, though, about that though, is you freak out. I hear you kind of gasp too. Corey, we looked at each other. Our eyes met. But as Corey is sitting next to me though on the other side, and she's just like, "Who's that?" <laughs> I knew you saw Captain America with us. Yeah, and I didn't like Captain. I didn't like the first. Captain oh no, America it's not movie. a very good movie. But still, the Red Skull was in it. So, Hugo Weaving, way more charismatic than Josh Brolin. I well, I don't know about that's a weird. The thing The Red to Skull say. looks like he has seen better days. <laughs> God yeah. damn! I wish I could find out what had happened to him between then and now. <laughs> I did not. That should be its own side movie. Like, I want, like, a Red Skull, nothing else, comic book. Actually, I don't even need a movie. I just need, like, if they had spent, like, maybe 30 seconds giving him a backstory montage, yeah. I would have been so happy. Tell how he got so the happy. floaty cape. He could float. Yeah, where did that come from? He went to Doctor Strange's cape store. What's yeah. weird, though, is I thought at the end of uh, the first Captain America movie, I thought he was dead. He teleported. Well, I mean, he was practically dead because we haven't even, no one's even spoken about him since the end of Captain America. Yeah, that was... Even I, in Captain America's two movies afterwards, my, no one said a word about the Red My Skull. reaction seeing the movie the first time was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I had two moments like that. I had that with Red Skull and I had that with Peter Dinklage. I was oh, like, Peter Dinklage? That was a pleasant surprise. Yes. Okay, I, I have a question for you guys, and... Jack and I were discussing this movie on the car ride on the way home, which I know you guys don't do to stay fresh for the podcast, but we did it. And he and I disagree about something with Peter Dinklage's character. God. I think Peter Dinklage changed his voice midway through the performance, and I found it irritating. Jack said this didn't happen. I wasn't I, paying attention. I didn't notice it. I, just I think he was consistently sounding like T Tyrion uh, Lannister, but with a growlier voice. But, you know, um... I mean, I will say that criticism of him, like, he didn't do a different character than his Game of Thrones guy. Yeah. He basically just popped in from the set and was like, I'm going to do this character again. But, like, almost to, like, an extreme, like, I'm going to make it even more overwrought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got that Marvel money. He's So he's, much pieces! Yeah, like, calm down. You're not a Guardian of the Galaxy, so I don't really care about you. Yeah, um... Now, let's talk about Thanos for a second. He sucks. Though. Moving on. I like Thanos. I don't. We have to talk about how he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So, so you don't like... Well, and when I say like Thanos, I mean in the, in the sense of him, like, having, like, a compe like compelling reasons, and he's not just, like, another... Well, One of I, these mindless, like, god-like creatures in the Marvel movies. I thought he had interesting reasons. Yeah. I understood his logic, which yes. is a lot better than some other Marvel yeah. Marvel villains. I mean, this is one of my big beefs with Marvel films, is that when you do have villains uh, played by these big-name actors in, in, in these villain parts, it's like 
like a lot of films skimp on those villains. What yeah. also helps too is I think Josh Brolin was really good in the role. So yeah, no. I no no I really no he's all dry and boring. See, no, but I... that's what. But that's like you need that kind of contrast no, against a, all these other a characters. Charismatic villain, not someone who's drifting. But is, but is Thanos charismatic <laughs> in like the comics? No, he never is. So they need some extra help with the actor to make me like that guy instead of saying get the fuck off my screen. The performance is dry. I, but that I, doesn't mean it's bad. No, it means, means I that... hate the character. I want a movie about a different villain. <laughs> All right, well, that, look, that's here's fair the thing, enough. Though. I mean, I get that, but it's like this is the, what we've got. We can't go back and change that unless you have a gauntlet with six stones. In it. But the point is, I mean, we ha we're stuck with this character. Like, yeah, it's kind of dry. I'm not going to excuse that because that's what the character is. But I mean, he's, I as. I, he's not at the he's yeah he doesn't have the charisma charisma of someone like loki but he doesn't have the sort of bland lows of someone like lee pace in guardians of the galaxy one yeah but i still prefer lee pace because he fucked over thanos and i'll always applaud that man for that. <laughs> all right you're about to say something well i i actually like thanos the per i actually like thanos the character and I liked that he was kind of low-key because... So, I didn't have a problem with his dryness. And I thought it was interesting that his supervillain motivations come from personally witnessing Malthusian catastrophe. Right. And <laughs> that's a good That's a good. It kind phrase. of messed him up. We'll, so, put, uh, we'll put in the show notes who Thomas Malthus is. But, uh, um, yeah. So, I actually like Thanos as a character... I think Infinity Stones are stupid. So, <laughs> I wish he was trying to achieve the same goal in a different way. So I like Thanos. I don't like Infinity Stones. I think they're dumb. And so I think a whole um, plot hinging on, like, collect magic stones is stupid. But I like Thanos as a character. I, but the concept is easy to wrap your head around. Thanos has been traveling the galaxy, dec not even, like, decimating planets. Decimating is one-tenth. He's been, like, having the populations of, uh, of planets to control the population. It's like, well, if I keep doing this at this pace, it's not really going to work, and I'm going to get exhausted. So it's like, oh, I have these magic stones where I could just do it in, like, in a fraction of a second. I mean, that makes sense. But now, whether or not they exploit the possibilities of these reality-changing stones in the film, however, that's another thing. Yeah, and also... Because there seem like so many instances where Thanos can be using these stones that he already has. I mean, the whole plot of the film is... Yeah, the reality stone can do so much already. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'd think that you could just use that one stone to collect all the others instantly. Well... Well, not quite. I mean, again, the soul stone is its own thing, which... I yeah, but change reality to change the rules of the soul stone you want. But I, I, one thing I'm curious about, though, when they, when you have that reality stone, it seems like he's able to change the reality, like, in the immediate vicinity around him. Yeah. How would he, would he be able to change, like, all of reality? Well, that, well that's the problem to. of all, all powerful stones in a narrative like It this. might be also the fact they that... Do they do what, what the plot requires. Yeah, that might be more of what you're kind of talking about, Corey, is that, like, the rules are a little inconsistent. Yeah. And I would agree with that. Fuzzy. I don't really have a problem so much with certain things with the stones if their powers were consistent, but it also seemed like when it came to time for some of those action scenes, 
it got a little repetitive with how he was using the stones. Yeah. Plus, he was, like, already a Mary Sue to begin with, that, like, there was nothing that they could really do to stop him mm. before he got the gauntlet, and then he got the gauntlet. That's so a good not term really for him. Any stake wiseness. Like, Another thing, Mary too, Sue. is you do get these glimpses of what the stones could do, like, you know, the, the blue one can, can bend space. I mean, that's pretty un... It's it's not very visually interesting, but okay, he can go wherever he wants in the universe. The power stone can makes him powerful. Okay, great. He can shoot purple beams. Great. But then there he gets things like the reality stone, which does really intriguing things. Yeah, especially in that scene where you know he meets with the guards of the galaxy. He does some really weird stuff, which is actually kind of cool. But then he doesn't do that mm -hmm. uh, for the rest of the film. I then he gets things like the soul stone. And at the end, he gets the Mind Stone. But, I mean, like, that's at the end. And but it's Time like, Stone, too. Okay. But, you know, the Time Stone he uses. Yeah. And that, But he, he... Okay. Here's a plot point. There's this tremendous price to pay for the Soul Stone. Soul, soul Stone. There you go. And he sacrifices Gamora, his surrogate daughter, to get it. Yeah. Now, what does the Soul Stone do? Nobody knows. I have no idea. <laughs> it's got soul, but it's not a soldier. <laughs> and I'm like, well, could you give us an example of something it does that, in like the film? No, they never do it. And I feel like if they, it's this thing that they requires... do explain it, but it's very murky. I feel like Red Skull tried to. He I, he builds it up. It's like, look, if you're gonna get this thing, you got you you got to be super serious about it. But and then he gets it. Every other stone he gets does this very unique thing you know what the problem the is the soul stone I'm though sorry. he never uses in the film which is which makes me wonder well what does it do and he never uses the mind stone either he gets that you, late in the film but i mean i would like to have seen what that done we only see basically what four stones i think do. the problem is and maybe i don't know if this might go a little bit along the lines of how you know like matt saying he's not an interesting character i don't know if that's entirely true but we haven't really seen that much of Thanos before this movie. We no, maybe had like much. an accumulative like three instances, really. Well, the end of Avengers, the end of Age of Ultron, and Guardians, Guardians. of the Galaxy. He has like two scenes. Yeah, yeah. So the problem and he gets is, though, mentioned in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah, but then also maybe part of the problem too is maybe you needed a movie. I don't know if a whole movie, but, like, you needed more time with the stones yeah, to see why they matter. And also, you needed more time with him and Gamora so that yes. when he sacrifices yes. her, it actually means something instead of something we're just being told about. I, I had a big problem with that in the first the first time I saw this, where I just saw that and I was like, I don't buy this. Now, you, Corey, you, you tried to explain it, though, in a way that uh, it did make a little more sense. I said... I can believe that Thanos has tricked himself into believing that he has legitimate feelings for Gamora because Thanos perceives himself to be acting out of compassion and Thanos perceives himself to be a kind, merciful person, which right. is insane, but right. I can believe that... I don't think Thanos is capable of loving anyone, legitimately but i believe that thanos has tricked himself into believing but, but that that's what i mean though is like does the soul stone do you get the soul stone if you just trick yourself into believing that you love someone or I got, i'm sure that in the second movie this question will be fully unaddressed <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice one there. Um, Although I am quite curious now to see what happens in Infinity War Part 2. Because basically, I mean, now... Although I, I do have to say this as a positive movie. Now there's a there's a kind of a question mark hanging over everything. I, I have an uh, idea of yes where it's going to no. go. No, but I yes mean, like, no. I'm kind of interested to see what how it plays out. Here, here's a problem. I want to bring up another character because this leads me into something else. Uh, Doctor Strange. Yes. Yeah. In this movie. So I think if the, if this movie didn't have Doctor Strange, obviously you I guess you have to you have to because he has the time stone. But if you took him out of this story, the ending I feel like would have a much bigger impact because he has that. There's a scene where he's doing that thing where he's looking at all the infinite possibilities, sort of doing like what we saw. You know, he had to do all the things over and over again in the in the climax of Doctor Strange. And he said, there are 14 million possibilities. There's only one way out of this. Right. To win. I feel like, though, it, you know, when he finally gives up the time stone, he knows he's still, like, on in the way that they'll win. Yeah. So that kind of lessens the impact of when half the population actually dies. And big spoiler, yeah, that he Thanos gets his way. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So it really... It kills any of the drama that they're going for. Because we know how this train is going to go. Also, me personally, I like the movie Doctor Strange. I didn't really like Doctor Strange interacting with the other Avengers. Because I felt like sticking Doctor Strange with Iron Man just made it really apparent that... Doctor Strange is just kind of a lame ripoff of Iron Man. Well, actually, it's the further problem because you also have Star Lord, so they have the three snarkiest guys together. Yeah, so I like the <laughs> Doctor Strange. Yeah, <laughs> Snarkapalooza. I like the Doctor Strange movie. I remember Andrew. You didn't, right? No. I like the Doctor Strange movie. I, I liked and it too. It was okay. I w I like Doctor Strange. I liked well it more enough. than Wonder Woman. <laughs> Oh boy, we're gonna get I some mail for that. <laughs> well enough in his own movie. I just really don't like women. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you doing with this woman on your podcast, Jack? Exactly. Um, she lives I, I, I like the I like the scenes with Iron Man and Doctor Strange well enough. I mean, they weren't my favorite part of the movie, but you know, I thought their interactions were fine. Gotcha. It's just that, but again, his whole function in the movie again it lessens the blow of any stakes at the very end. I mean, now there are other deaths that do happen in the movie, which conceivably those might stick. Like, I try, I try to think about this in sort of like, we're all kind of think, think of this in sort of like a meta way. Like, well, if we think about, you know, Doctor Strange, you know, he has his power, he sees the one way, and, like, apparently this is all part of some plan. Yeah, but he and even, that does he even lessen says, the blow. That is the sacrifice of that, of, of, of that knowledge. Now... This is, and that's a problem, though. I mean, in the end, we know this has to work out because we know There's the gonna, next well, film. Is well, not going even to be... so much that. It's also the kind of um, knowledge outside of the movie itself when you go into just the business of this whole Marvel world where, you know, you kill off Black Panther. Yeah, we know you're at, not killing Black Panther. Right. You know, Spider Man, uh, you know, all these characters. And I was just, when the first time I was watching a movie, I had a voice saying in my head, bullshit. Right. <laughs> and I, when they cut, first cut to black, I, I kind of laughed. You did. Because yeah. I was like, wow, that's how you're ending this? It's right. like an Inception ending. Yeah. 
Um, but do you think, though, that there is anything that can sort of really... Because I we all know that happy ending is somewhere over the horizon. Yeah. Do you think there's any way that we could look back on this or, you know, see the next movie and be like, okay, now that everything is all together, it still kind of works? Um, I could, that's a complicated question. I no, I, 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 no, no, I see what you mean. Sorry. I could see myself liking the next movie. Um, I don't know, though, how I could go back and retroactively like the last half hour of this one, which exists for nothing but like, oh, isn't it sad they're dead when yeah. I know they're not well, going to die? See, right. this is a thing with the movies versus the comics, because in the comics, the Infinity Gauntlet story, Thanos shows up, he's already got the gauntlet together, and he does the killing of half the population, and the story happens around is all wrapped up within the single six-issue miniseries, whereas this, he has to come by and collect all the Infinity Stones, only gets to killing off the half the population at the very end. Now, I'm wondering, maybe if they had just had him shown up at the beginning with the gauntlet and killed everybody, and then had the conclusion after that with the rest of the movie, whether that would have been, like, succinct enough or satisfying enough as a film in itself. Well, that's the thing, is that the that's why I say, like, I kind of laugh, because the end of this movie didn't really feel like an ending. Like, I've heard a couple people online who compared this to, uh, like, this is the Empire Strikes Back of the series. Nah, and not quite. No, because the thing in Empire, and I was telling this to Corey also on our ride home, is that had... That gave you really dark information in the story that had ramifications beyond plot things yeah. in the next movie. You there don't really no, have you don't really have that here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of certainty in this film. It's like we know Spider-Man's coming back. We know almost yeah. everybody is now. He back. had, and also within the film universe of the film, we have a magical object which can literally change reality. And, and go back in time. Like, you basically have the end of Superman powers. Right. <laughs> except, except somehow not as dumb. <laughs> Jack and I are convinced the only character who may actually stay dead is Loki. Who Heimdall. dies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Heimdall. Hit yourself moving on to bigger oh, and better him. things. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where was Valkyrie in this movie? Uh, oh, huh. Intr I didn't think about that. So yeah, yeah those are two characters she who die the <laughs> within the first five minutes of the film. Very anticlimactically. And I could believe that they could stay dead. Everyone else is coming back. We were talking, even Gamora's coming back. Even though she's not killed in the end, like she doesn't turn to dust like everyone else does because of Thanos' gauntlet. Do you really believe they're going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 without Gamora? No. Well, in 2, she wasn't the best character. I mean, it's probably is that everything Gamora-wise happens off-screen, which is what I... More I'm hatred of women, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> misogyny. Hashtag misogyny. I am not... Um, my, my dislike of Gamora is not anti-woman. It's anti-alien. It's xenophobia. <laughs> yeah. You're racist against the greens. Sure. Yes. <laughs> You're trying to fool us with your green shirts, but we know the truth. Yeah, you're, you're the probably people who are the most you're, you're probably happiest about Hulk not really being the Hulk in this movie. By the way, that was a complete fake out in the trailer. At oh the yeah, no, that that was just like well, not even fake out. That was just kind of lying. Where like oh, yeah. they have that final shot where they show everybody running all at once and the Hulk is there. I was kind of I was kind of like waiting for that moment when the Hulk would come back out again and just you know uh, and just wreck stuff. He had it's like nope. 
That he was had a, he had a Hulk tile dysfunction. Yeah. That was like a stupid plot device I'm thing sorry. too because like, there's to no it's like cuz before it's like an automatic thing where like the Hulk will come out whenever he's angry but now the Hulk doesn't want to come out anymore because Well, because he got like beat Thanos. down by Thanos. Yeah, like what the fuck? Yeah, that was kind of weird. Well, the like, Hulk is the most emo character <laughs> in the entire Marvel universe. Yeah. So. I guess they also thought that like Audiences going in would question if you have a Hulk that's functioning, wouldn't it kick the shit out of Thanos and that would be the end of it? And the opening to the movie's credit kind of takes that out of the equation that no, Thanos will kick the ever loving shit out of the Hulk. Yeah, exactly. And which which was kind of fun to watch. I mean, I think that for me, my enjoyment of the movie, there's a lot of just kind of surface enjoyment for me, and that's what kind of carried me along. I mean, I still liked There's even Corey's more if you're a Red Skull fan. <laughs> I guess, yeah. More of that. High five again. Um, Not hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> Hydra wears green, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. All right, I feel, I actually know of like, there's actually one scene I could think of that maybe that could cut if out. If in this. the second film, Red Skull has a bigger part, I'm already sold. <laughs> Why do you guys care about Red Skull so much? Okay. Um, I don't know. But. <laughs> part of the reason You like red is... characters versus green characters. Part of the reason for me is because, you know, Red Skull was always such a big Captain America villain. Uh-huh. And he kind of just disappeared after the first film. And I kind of wondered, like, is he ever going to come back? Like, in the back of my mind, it was not my biggest concern. But he, you know, I always wondered about it. And then so much time passed that the question just went into the back of my mind. I'm like, Red Skull's gone. And then he shows up out of nowhere in this <laughs> film, where I did not expect him at all. And I was so happy that you know i gasped well i guess <laughs> i well, audibly i made noises and, and, I, and I think part of it too i mean you could say that you could actually piece together your own movie about what happened with him right. again over these like many years um there was another scene that's um kind of bothering me in edinburgh when they have the scarlet witch and vision fighting the two Thanos people who are proxima midnight and corvus glaive I don't even. Oh, yeah. I didn't know their names. Yeah, well, I did. So that's for you. Okay. Um, that's there. And then so they're ha- they're having trouble. Like the Vision and Scarlet Witch are having trouble fighting off these two alien people. And there's like a big drawn out battle. But then all of a sudden you have of uh, Captain America, Falcon, and Black Widow show up. And then all of a sudden the alien guys remember because it's the people without superpowers. Like, oh my god, people without superpowers! You gotta get the hell out of here. We can't possibly finish the mission to kill all these fuckers. Captain and take America the has superpowers. No, he does. He's got super steroids, but whatever. But, like, they don't know that. They should be like, oh, yeah, more people to kill so we can get the stone for Thanos. It's like, oh, we were fine fighting... They got outnumbered. We were fine fighting two superhumans, but no, now people's gadgets, we gotta get away. Sorry. That was That's a good point. And actually... I was reflecting during this movie that I've liked the character in other movies, but... Black Widow just doesn't make sense in this universe. Because everyone else is like 8,000 powers and like super suits. And she's like, I know Kung Fu. She she had the least to do in this movie. Yeah. And I kind of feel like the action scenes and the everything is so high powered. There's just no way to convince to have a character who's not full of powers and has a super suit. But they don't bother to do things with her because they could amp her up. Like, she, in the comics, she got the Widow's Bite gauntlets and stuff, and, like, they could do something with that, but no, they don't even care. Here's a good question, Matt. So there's a point in the big final battle 
when uh, you know Scarlet Witch is mostly by uh, a Vision's side, and then though when like the things like those gigantic machines suddenly come up from under the force field and yep. they're starting to attack things, that's when Scarlet Witch finally pops out, and then um, what's her name? Uh, Danae Gurion. Uh, yeah, Okoye? she she says. You know, she says to the effect of, she could have been here the whole time. And yeah. I guess that's a funny line, but does that kind of excuse that well, no, she really should have she, been in the battle? No, but there was a reason why she was there. And all of a sudden, when she, she leaves and joins the battle, Vision becomes vulnerable at that point. Because the second guy who snuck in starts to kill mm. people inside that facility. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Let me talk about for a second, he though. He doesn't seem to believe me. No, 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 I... I, no, I you make a good point with that. It's just no, but she she still could have been out in the battle and then come back. Yeah, I mean it's kind of dumb to have. Okay, we have a whole bunch of crazy alien monster people. We'll just charge at them. Like it doesn't seem to be like the best tactic. That's in because the world. most moviegoers only know that's how battles work. But yeah, by running at them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I expected that's a what little more. Taught us. I <laughs> I expected a little more strategic acumen from yeah. Wakanda. I think that the problem is too. And it's just occurred to me, just as I'm sitting here, is that it it's not a different kind of climax as we've had in other Marvel movies. I mean, the creatures obviously look different than those at the end of uh, Avengers, but really, you just it, it's not that much different than obviously you have the Wakanda army, but it's still just another big action scene of like characters going like blah, 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 blah. yeah. Oh, also, it's funny, uh, Andrew and I were talking about this briefly in the car, is that, why does it take so goddamn long for Nick Fury to bu to beep Captain Marvel in? I was, well, yeah, I was gonna say, like, well, here's a question for you, Matt. So, Captain Marvel, I don't know if this is how it's gonna be in the movie. You mean Miss Marvel? <laughs> is, Go on. Alright, what are her powers? Her powers... Marvelousness? She, ah. She's super strong, she can fly, she can shoot energy beams, and she has a, a sense which allows her to detect other aliens. Or actually, she's not really in about she can, Okay. She has I'm just sense. wondering... She can detect aliens. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll probably explain this in her solo movie, but I'm curious why she's the one who's been kept away and hidden for all these years. Because she's been doing stuff in space, and they only retconned her in recently. Space stuff. Uh, eh. Anyhow. Anyhow. Yeah, it's like, you see, if he's had her number for, like, since apparently she's been a character from the 90s, according to what I've heard about the movie. Right. And then, like, but they've had lots of attacks on Earth since then, like, with the Avengers and got the Ultron stuff. They didn't have Earth. a Code Red before this? Like, yeah, That's like, what he how, says. He's exactly. like, Code Red, Code Red. Why does he not, like, why does he wait until now to say, okay, finally, this is the one time I'm gonna call Captain Marvel in? Well, he was, well, this was like, uh, <laughs> Nick Fury apparently had the same expectations that movie audiences would, would have. It's like, Wait, they're, they're going to beat this one. It'll be fine. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> we better get serious now. Yeah, fair fair point. Um, yeah. So Falcon's gone? All right, we got to... <laughs> <laughs> Shit just got real. Right. It's the last resort. <laughs> yeah. It might have also been interesting. Obviously, it would have dragged out the movie a tiny bit more, but if in, like, the final bit where they're showing the characters fading into ash... You know, why don't you show any, like, of the, hu like, regular human characters? You're only showing, like, you know, the superheroes who 
with the exception of Spider-Man, they're not really reacting to the fact that they're dying. Like, they're, I'm just glad they didn't call him Hawkeye We're again. talking about <laughs> a universe-wide event, and we've been other places in the universe in, mm. in, 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 in this film series. I mean, there was, a, there was kind of a thing in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Remember at the end of that, like... It looks like Ego's plan is going to work and, like, all of his, like, space mushrooms are, are expanding all over the planets. And then we, like, flash to different planets and they're all planets with aliens we've seen. Right. And that was a really nice touch because it showed that, you know, there was a bit of a connection between the characters on that, in that action, but also to worlds beyond. Yes. Yeah. That was fantastic. Now, if you could somehow... Go to I mostly these replaces probably from Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean I don't know what else you could do because we've been on Earth basically this whole time. But I mean you could have done something. Yeah. I mean, right now it seems like everything that's happening is all the people dying are basically just from Earth, and it yeah. lacks and it, and for a, such a big event like that of like half the population just disappearing. It doesn't have that great of a visual impact. Well, that might be what Matt was, what you were kind of referring to, the fact that in the beginning of the comic of Infinity Gauntlet, that's the beginning of the story. Yeah. And so not, that's... Not exactly being, but it's pretty early on, so that yeah. you just do, you deal with the ramifications afterwards. Yeah. Much of the run well, again, it's, yeah. it's like in the comic book, uh, Why the Last Man, which I mentioned after we walked out of the movie. That's a, that's a story where... Uh, um, in that in that case, half the population dies. The only difference is they're all men, right. the exception of one guy. Hence, why the last man. Um, but they actually show like all I'll, that I'll, happening. I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. Who the last man? <laughs> Yorick. How the last man? Um, I'm trying to think of some other things I want to talk about with this movie because there there should there is a lot I could talk about. It's just. Um, <laughs> Don't make your entire plot hinge on, oh my god, all these people are going to die, when we know they're not going to die. Yeah. That's kind of the catch of this film. We're all savvy moviegoers. We know that this is not the end. No, it isn't. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Unless the second film surprises us with some shocking twists for the Marvel Universe. Like, then, then I, then, you know, then all this is going to be for nothing. Now, Thor Ragnarok did some stuff like that. It changed some stuff. I mean, characters died. The whole status of some things changed. I mean, it, it, it put that. It put that that yeah. series on a different track. I think that, although that seems to be gone. I now. think for me, I end up. I find myself. I respond a little bit more to when things really change between characters that you can't really go back from. Like Civil War, you but, had that between Captain America and Which Tony this Stark. movie completely checked out the window. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, pointless. it's like the opening is like, yeah, we're not really talking. Yeah, no, we, fuck that. You gotta, you gotta talk to each other. All right. right. Yeah, dr- I feel like the stakes of your movie can't rely on will these people live or die? You can't sell that to me as a viewer. Mm-hmm. You have to generate other forms of drama. And I think a lot of these movies do a good job of generating other forms of drama. I'm a fan of most of these movies, but this one is pretty meh. Besides the fun of watching the Guardians of the Galaxy meet Thor, which was awesome. Yeah. That is fun. The dialogue is pretty good. It is yeah. good. I, that's why I think I like Thor, because I like the things that he was saying. I mean, some of them were kind of 
borrowing on cliches, but he has great he was, interactions with everybody else. I mean, even yeah. late in the movie, when he's you know, as soon as he starts meeting other people, yes. you know, who who've been in this film, it's just like, oh, I see you copied my beard. <laughs> <laughs> who thought Thor would be the funny guy? And yet he's the one who's kind of suffering the most. So he, he as he tells Rocket, "I've lost everything." Yeah. And he's really, like, torn up about it, but he's still... You know, he's probably one of the more heroic characters in the movie. Like, genuinely so. We finally got Stormbreaker, but no Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. Who's Beta Ray Bill? He's the replacement oh. alien horse Thor. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is complicated, but... Oh, this is where we get really nerdy, isn't it? Look, we'll explain it some other time. Uh, but... <laughs> a horse Thor. He's also a cyborg. <laughs> Are you sure you're not just you making this that, up? You said that as if that would clear anything up. <laughs> oh, he's also a cyborg. Sorry, you're confused. <laughs> um, Matt, I have a question. Uh, do you think that, you know, because you've probably read some comic book events and crossovers. Never. <laughs> yeah. Did this kind of have that sort of feel as far as you usually have these regular series that go on and do their own thing, but when you mash everything together, it just becomes too much. Yeah, it actually did feel like that at times. Like, you kind of had, like, scenes of people that you don't care about. You're like, okay, get the scene over so I can get back to the characters I do like. Yeah. And it's funny, actually, one thing I was thinking about while watching this movie is I was thinking about the Crisis on Earth X crossover on the CW with all the DC shows right. meeting up. And I was talking to you about this in the car, how that worked really damn well, integrating everything, and it was like the best story of all the shows mm. combined, took all the best parts, and got you like one complete yeah. story. Whereas, And it's, it's funny because a lot of times DC gets dissed when it comes to live action, but then I think and the TV show works because, of course, you're invested in all the characters having watched more episodes than movies. Yeah. But this, I kind of feel like it was less the sum of its parts because it didn't give you a complete story. And it was just kind of like a lot of picking up threads from previous movies and then, like, dialing them back, like the Avengers breakup. Like, oh, it doesn't matter anyway and stuff. And just kind of, like, yeah. a jumbled things. Well, and in, like, in a way, like yeah. the whole Avengers breaking up thing is never addressed because Tony Stark ends up off the planet with a completely different group of people. Yeah, yeah, he never you, gets you to... can never confront that issue because Captain America's back on Earth leading the whole defense. I think that's what they have to do in the next movie. You have to have everybody has to get together basically in one place again. I I don't and you know you have to you have to tie all these things together. Although this film didn't make do a good job of making those things seem to matter. Yeah, which... Corey, you're annoys. absolutely right. Thank you. One um, woman healer. And as someone... <laughs> as someone who um really loved Civil War, and I'm sure when we reviewed it, I was just gushing. Yeah. And, like, I, I really enjoyed over. Civil War, too. At the time, I said Civil War was the best ever Marvel movie. It was amazing. And... I now feel kind of annoyed that I feel like my emotional investment in Civil War, like, the slate was completely, like, It kind of was, yeah. And, you know, I don't read comic books, so I'm not into my continuity constantly being um, rebooted and retconned. Yeah. 
I mean, I didn't love Civil War as much as you guys, so I'm fine with them just chucking out the window because, you know, whatever, get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair point, enough. fair enough, I guess. Uh, uh, but yeah, maybe you, maybe you do have a good point to how you said, Corey, that if this was a movie where it was a Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but with Thor, maybe that would have been more interesting. Because that's where a lot of their, where they're trying to really get to the heart of the matter. You know, obviously vision is important, but... I don't know. But, yeah, but it was a lot of stuff to cut out that, like, should have mattered that we didn't get to see enough of before, like, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Like, I like Scarlet Witch and Vision in the comics, and I want to like them in the movies, but you didn't show us enough of them together. Yeah, you kind of gave them, like, a scene or two in Civil War to establish that they are, they have interests in each other, but in this, you're just kind of like, no, they are fully in love. To a to a certain extent, you have to take what the film says at face value. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, You have to believe. No, no, that 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 part's fine. It's a melodramatic tone. Right. The 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 film says that Scarlet Witch and the Vision have a relationship, and and they sell it to the to the actors' credit. Yeah, they 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 do a decent job. You know, they don't have a deep history and a deep relationship and memories we can draw from to to bolster that. So you kind of have to take the film's word for it. You know, other things, you know, you just kind of have to take, take for, uh, you just have to believe, like, Wakanda mm. is awesome, which it is. We know that from Black Panther. Yes. But I mean, you know, what else do we have well, to Well, again, work with well, that's, well, I know that's part of the idea that you've had all these movies and all these years building up these characters. And now, obviously, this is where it's supposed to pay off. Yeah. But again, you're getting half a payoff. It's like if you're having sex and you, like, only have, like, half an orgasm. That's not how sex is that possible. (laughs) I don't know if your metaphor quite works, but I see what you're saying. Stop in the middle. (laughs) So here's. I don't know if men can do that. (laughs) Well, uh, what was it that what was it that politician said? We have a way of working those things out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, back to the movie. Anyway, okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm not too impressed with this film, although I did enjoy it. Yeah. So. Basically, here's what I feel like. I feel like we're basic. If this was a whole movie, if mm-hmm. if the, if if Infinity War Part One and Infinity War Part Two are two films, I feel like we've ended at like the two thirds point, or just before mm. that. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and not where really it's like half. we're at the we're at the uh, we're at the like the pit of despair, where like everything seems like it's gonna go, going to go in the yeah. way of the villains. It's like that's where we are. Now, we're just before the third act where everything really, you know, punches into high gear and we finally get, you know, like, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're As Strange it. said, this is the end game. Right. So, I'm thinking about it that way. Uh, I'm, re- I'm hoping that Infinity War Part 2 will really tie some stuff together. It probably won't because that's a really tall order. That's a, that's a really big feat to accomplish. Yeah. But I'm just hoping if they get crazy with it... <laughs> then that could make it really worthwhile. Because if they actually go, like, deeper into, like, the crazy Doctor Strange metaphysical things that he yeah, can do. Yeah, if we it. can get more stuff with Infinity Stones and what they can do, like, if we start messing with those, that would be great. If Loki comes back, that would be fantastic. Uh-huh. If the Red Skull has a bigger part to play... I'm all for that as well. But I mean, like, they have to, like, I dig, question they have to dig deep. Yeah. They gotta bring in, like, Howard the Duck, and <laughs> they gotta get... You know what? If Howard the Duck is the one that ultimately saves the universe, then yes. this movie... No, 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 I don't want that. That's too goofy. 
But it's like if they I bring want that, in, like, I want that. I want that. If we, if we start, and then I want to hear Howard the, the Duck. duck. <laughs> By the way, listen to our Howard the Duck review and how it's not really that bad. You'll, you'll see what we're talking about. Um, but I mean, I mean, they pulled out so much stuff for this film. They got all the major characters in. They got, and they got some not so major ones in there too. If they can pull out everything and really surprise us, mm. then then this whole thing is going to be worthwhile. Well, when does Infinity War 2 come out, Matt? Next the year. future. <laughs> it comes out next year. Captain Marvel comes out first in March. Okay. So I guess we're waiting another year. for. Well, Infinity we have to basically two. get like her story, which I suppose is going to be what sets up part two. It's a weird thing where this isn't really, this isn't really a two-part movie. This is like part one... Captain Marvel is part two, and then Infinity War part two is part three. Yeah. <laughs> That's not confusing Captain Marvel at all. is basically like, not an intermission. It's it, kind of like, it, it's you like, reach intermission, and then you get to the next part, and then it's like, before we tell you the next part, well, no, let me tell you this other it's, it's story like Kill, that'll make part it's two like make Kill sense. Bill, it's like in Kill Bill volume one, you have that entire chapter. Yeah, the Pai Mei old, chapter. Well, that's volume two, but I meant more like Oranishi E's story. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But, but uh, you, you, would have, you have a sort of flashback that puts everything into context. It's kind of like uh, if there was a book series, if these had been made in chronological order and you started with like part four or something and you were going to read part five, but then somebody said, hey, wait a second, you, you didn't like read Wars? part one. Yes. I was like, yeah, exactly. Like Star Wars. <laughs> like, a, like they put the story in the wrong order deliberately, so... It's, I mean, that can be great. Yeah. But otherwise, it seems kind of like a deus ex machina kind of situation where, like, oh, the person who's yes. going to matter a hell of a lot hasn't been introduced yet. Yes. you got to do it at the last minute deus because we forgot machina. to set this up. Trust me, though. I mean, in in, in another five years, none of this is going to matter. Yes. Well, we'll, probably, that's when we get our next phase or whatever. Because, you know, again, we're not going to ever stop having these movies again that's why i told cory if this was the very last marvel movie if you knew that they were never going to have another movie in this universe again well, i would find the ending ballsy yeah yeah but, but it's not you're right you know we, we gotta have another spider-man film we gotta have another black panther yeah we got of course black, yeah black panther's like well maybe uh, unless it takes place before the first black panther uh, I don't see that. Wow. <laughs> Clearly you think my idea is horrible. But... It's not a bad idea. It's just it's not going to happen. Unless yeah, if they true. pull some, like, Star Trek crap and just create, like, an alternate timeline Or the or thing something. is, like, you could just, like, the Infinity Stones are going to be a thing. Why not just change everything and and then just, like, no. I, no, I'm not going to say this. Well, again, it's the question of... It's All the right. question of how far back do you go then to change things? Like we well, change it so that it's possible here, to have a shield. Here's so. how you make. Oh well, it's worth it. It would be worth it. Universal has to agree to it. Um, what yeah, would be kind universal. of what would be, the, right what would be the ultimate trolling <laughs> is if like they use the time stone to go back to the beginning of the first movie and you just see the first movie again. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're thinking. <laughs> It'll be like an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did they do that in there? Well, they have crossed their time space. All right. So let's maybe could wait that. a minute. This is just the beginning of the first season. What's going on? <laughs> like we didn't have enough damn characters in the movie. Now we're doubling up on all of them. <laughs> Here, you thought that you had 
you haven't seen these gods before. But Here I mean, they are now. But I mean, that's what it has to be. Yeah. I, in order for this to be, you have to make it crazy. And well, yeah, well, too. that's what I was going to say. I mean, that's something I was thinking about. It's like, okay, so like Thanos has dealt with all these human characters who are, you know, pretty puny to him. Aren't there, like, other gods in the universe? There are, but they haven't introduced them into the Marvel Universe. Once again, What my yeah. thinking is that if they show up in the next movie, people can be like, what? what is this? Why didn't you show us any of these guys? Hercules? What are you doing yeah. here? <laughs> is Hercules a Marvel character? Yes, he is. Hercules is a, is a character in everything. <laughs> mm. Public domain. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, Thor is a public domain character, I guess. Oh, yeah. All right, so um, we should wrap this up. All right, so final thoughts. I will start with final thoughts. I liked parts of this movie. I definitely think chunks of it are good. But on the whole, it's all underwhelming. And I don't like watching things that don't matter. Hmm. Jack? It's an entertaining... Uh, it's a highly entertaining popcorn movie. But once you start thinking about it, it kind of falls apart. So in that way, it's a little bit like M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of the enjoyment of this film gets pulled out by the fact that we know how movies work and we know how probably this is all going to end. Uh, but still, when you're watching it in there, it's pretty entertaining. It's got good, it's got good uh, dialogue. I mean, it's well worth sitting down to watch. Uh, it does make me intrigued about the next one, but we're not going to get that for another year, so I'll just stick with whatever else we got before then. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a lot of fun seeing all the characters interact with one another that you don't usually see interact, and they have a lot of cool fight scenes and action stuff, but at the same time, it does feel like a much ado about nothing, that nothing is going to matter, and I just hate Josh Brolin as Thanos, so the whole thing was like a wash for me. Well, in the good news, though, in a few weeks, you get Josh Brolin as Cable. God damn it! <laughs> So there we go. Time's up, you dumb fuck. <laughs> All right. So if you've seen this movie, and I'm sure you have, if you're listening this far, you can send us your emails and uh, to your feedback to wagecinema at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Matt, where are you found? I'm at mattdecatania.wordpress.com. Good. And I'll be returning to my cryo tube for my until my next assassination mission. <laughs> we look forward to it. Thanks. We look forward to you doing that, you look Andrew. Look forward to it. Yeah. I thought for a second you said Thord, like T-H-O-R, like... Thorward, yes, I'm always looking This forward. is the ways of cinema! <laughs> and yeah. the, the ways of cinema are death. Goodbye. Perfectly bounced. As all things should be. Ah! I hope they remember you. Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you're using your made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man. <laughs>